Why not see what all the fuss is about and visit Arcade Club at the UK's largest classic video and pinball arcade. Now open Saturdays and Sundays. Search Arcade Club on Google or Facebook to find them, or see links in the podcast notes on our site. Hello, and welcome to the <laughs> Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland. A.K.A. Vertvik. And you, sir, are... Sean Holly, A.K.A. In your face, Sean Holly. Well, that was confusing. How are you doing, Vic? I'm not bad. As the listeners might have heard, Sean is playing up already. He's extra excited. We haven't talked for a little while, and we're, we're quite glad to do the podcast again. We had to leave it last week because we had things on, didn't we? Yeah, I missed you, buddy. I missed you too, Sam. Oh, God. Any road, you've probably been up to more stuff than me, so why don't you start? Yes, the best thing I've been up to is that in the last three weeks, I've been to Play Expo. And where was that? That was in Manchester, Event City in Manchester. In Manchester, when they all talk like this. <laughs> they all like their biscuits, they're very dry. Custard creams. A two-day event. Yes. 10th and 11th of October. Because it was over my anniversary, that's the only reason I couldn't go. Yeah, so all of that is detailed in the last podcast. I did a mini podcast of 46.5. You did indeed, sir. So all of that is in there, so have a listen to that. But one thing I forgot to mention, right? Mm-hmm. After meeting Jeff Minter, I spoke to him a bit. Jeff Minter, for people who don't know him, who should know him, if they listen to this podcast and other, other console podcasts, is the very famous guy from Llamasoft. The yes. sole programmer from Llamasoft. Also known as Yak. Gaming legend. He is v- brilliant. Yeah, we, we had a guy called Nick Persane who, who gave us a Jaguar rotary controller to try on games like Tempest 2000. I think you'll find it's the awesome Jaguar controller. Yes. I need to have a go at that when I'm at Arcade Club next. Yeah, yeah, you can have a do of it. I'll let Jeff play it because he, he brought his Jaguar to his little stall, his little advertising stall where he had TXK and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And he liked it. He said it was cool. He said it was much better than playing with a D-pad, the Jaguar D-pad. So that controller, Nick, was on Jeff's stall all day. So people were playing oh, nice. using that controller. So if anyone wants to get hold of one, we should leave some notes in, in the yeah. show notes so they can get hold of him. And Nick's put, holy crap, that's amazing. I wonder if it would ever happen, you know, actually Jeff getting on, onto his controller. That must have been a nice thing for him to, to experience, actually. Actually have the, the maker of the game using his controller. How cool. So good. And I met Warren Davis, the Cubert guy, the man who created Cubert. Really nice guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. You know, Anthony Graham filmed me quite a few times doing all these interviews, so that was interesting. So they'll be coming up on our new YouTube channel. Indeed. And I've got um, a Handycam now, a Sony Handycam, so I should be doing a few things down this end of the country. So I'll be doing bits of my garage. I'll be doing a little garage walkthrough. I've yep. got the JammerCon console to Jammer Arcade interfaces. From The Last Bandit, also known as Shane, who's kindly sent us to us for uh, reviewing. And I had a go of it, and it's pretty nifty. Eh? It's really good. Mm. But I shall do um, some video in and that, and I shall have a go at editing stuff as well. I've never done editing videos, so I shall have to learn a little bit how to do that on uh, iMovie, or whatever it's called, on the, on the Mac. Mm, me too. I think it's, well, it's like anything. Once you learn it, you get the hang of it, won't you? Yeah, but you've got the expert up there. You've got Anthony Graham, our expert cameraman. He knows all yes. about that stuff. And he's like a pro, a proper pro doing it. Yeah. So I think yeah. your videos make you look better than me. <laughs> <laughs> also, at Play Expo, I did a podcast with you eight did. of the guys. 
Maximum Power Up guys, Dreamcast Junkyard, and the RGDS guys. Yes, I listened that, to it the other day. They do retro, they cover retro consoles. Obviously, Dreamcast is just Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, check them guys out and also check out the podcast which they which has been named the retro gaming amigo kill screens podcast that's easy enough to say yeah mm, good mm. i have listened to it it's pretty good do you like it good content now i wish it could have gone on a bit longer actually yeah would be nice to have sort of a uh, a group walkthrough or something as well but that would have taken forever i think mm. yeah andy goddard he, he was like the host he likes to keep stuff to an hour on his on his show so oh, but okay. yeah really enjoyed it that was excellent excellent i wish i was there to do that with you mate and what have you been doing, mate? Me? Well, I was, well last week when we, when we was off, I was at the BFI uh, London Film Festival in London. I stayed in London for my uh, weekend away with the wife. We actually stayed in a hotel there. got it quite cheap. It was quite a push hotel. But it wasn't that brilliant. It's only been open eight months, and it was a bit of a problem. Some of it was a bit meh. They should have sort of... It was, it was a lot of style over content, I think. Yeah. They had like little iPad-y things. Um, they weren't like, Apple ones. They're like little sort of tablet-y things to control the, you know, the TV and the lights and the toilet. I don't know, and the, all the bathroom yeah. lights and you know the curtains and all that sort of stuff. And one time it actually stopped working. We had to go downstairs and moan about it. And there was a lot of noise next door from people. And oh, you know what I mean? It, I, w- I would like just a, a maybe a less posh room with normal stuff in it. But they did have a nice Nespresso machine, which was quite cool. Mm-hmm. And the films were good as well, but it was very tiring. Yeah. There was a lot of running around, because it wasn't in one place. It wasn't just at the BFI, which none of them we, we saw was at the BFI. It was all different uh, Leicester Square theatres, and there was one at Hackney, and there was some other stuff around the corner. And there was a lot of moving around on tubes, and it was quite tiring, actually, but good yeah. fun, nonetheless. Worth it. Yeah, we saw Tom Hiddleston on stage. He did a little Q&A before High Rise, one of his new films. That was quite nice. Those people were screaming at him at the back when he, when he went out the door. I gave him a wave. <laughs> I hope you appreciated that. All right, Tom. Also, uh, I think it was a couple of days after that, maybe before, I can't remember, I went to help out Alex and I's friend Harry, Jazzman Harry Bolt. Ow! With his jazz hands! But he needed some help with an Afterburner Climax machine he'd had. And he'd had this uh, since the last time I'd seen him, and he was actually selling it the next day, and it, one of the buttons wasn't working, so I sort of popped around and helped him out with it, because it was only a minor thing to do, and I think the, the, the buyer knew about it. And he thought it was the actual microswitch. So he bought a new microswitch. And I think it cost him quite a few quid because he got it from America, from Sega from America. And I sort of looked and said, Harry, you do know that's a standard microswitch. And I've got one of those at home. And he went, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Sorry, mate, I didn't know. So I took the, the, the handle apart. It's like a flight stick, like an analog yeah. flight stick. So I took it all apart, looked inside. And I had a go at the, the microswitch. And I sort of tested it with multimeter. And I, I knew it was working. I said, well, this, this actual switch is working. He said, well, it isn't working in the game. I said, yeah, I can see that. I was trying it on the test screen. So I took the thing apart a little bit more and, took, and there was a load of tape all around the wires. I thought, oh God, who's been on here? Someone had bodged a fix on it. Yeah. And what I found out, they just twisted the wires together and it actually come out. And I said to him, you do know there's a shaker motor on this thing as well? He said, no, there isn't. I said, yeah, there is, look. And he went, oh, I didn't know that. And I, I wired it back up with, you know, I actually soldered the wires together and put heat shrink around them properly. So I did, yeah. I did the button, which worked absolutely fine after that. And the shaker motor was working, but it was only quite, it was quite light. I think it wore out a little bit because it had been in an arcade, this thing. And I yeah. think it was going to go into a, um, a barcade somewhere in London. Right. Which I'll have to find out about, actually. Got all that sorted and working for him. He was quite happy about that. I did manage to burn his carpet, though, with the soldering iron. Uh, how, how oh, right. It fell off something and, and burnt. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> My bad. I knew it was going to happen because he didn't have a little holdery thing to put it in. It was just sort of sat on the side of something. 
Mm. If you want to play after Burner Climax around these parts, there's one in Coral Island in Blackpool. Oh, yeah. Is that a moving one or is it one you just set in? It's a sit-in one. It's not moving. That's what Harry's one was. It's just a sit-in one. And I think there's a moving one. There was one on Lytham St. Anne's Pier. There was one in... It was one of the Cineworlds near me that I used to go to, and that was a moving one. Mm. I don't think that's in there anymore. So as well as that, he also made me, he forced me, by almost gunpoint, to Mm. play House of the Dead 3. Uh, Who's the Dead 3? Scottish version. Yeah, the Scottish version. Just guys guys drunk throwing pies at you. Here's some chaps. (laughs) But I I really just, I sort of had a go of it just to please Harry, because he loves his gun games. And it's got these big pump-action shotguns. It's not like a little pistol-y thing. It's quite quite big click-click pumps. You've got to pump them to sort of uh to load them up yeah and it was it was all right but it's, i think those games are exactly the same every single one you play it's sort of the camera swings around as those things fly at you and they're shooting stuff at you mm. you shoot them and you go up some steps and blah 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 shoot shoot blah blah and it was exactly the same as all the other games i've ever played but you know mm. i had a go it's sort of got bored of it quite quickly and then we had a look at another pinball he had a problem with some lights and we sort of had a look at the thing that might have been wrong with it and it wasn't but he also had in the middle of his pinballs, he changed them around quite quite a lot. He had a Tron pinball, yeah, which is quite a new one. Mm. But I didn't get a chance to play it. So next time I go and see him, he had delivered today an Asteroids Deluxe Upright. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. And I'm going to have a go at that. Because he, he needs mm. me to, I think he wants to replace the buttons on there and a few little things he needs to do. And I think it needs converting back to UK power because it was on US. Mm. And it's it's quite easy inside as far as I remember to do that. There's like a little connector. You just swap it with another one that's in there already. And off you go. Mm. I've been trying to get Arcade Club to get an Asteroids Deluxe last night. And it's it's, it's at the bottom of a long, long list. Oh, so I wouldn't hold your breath on that. <laughs> well, they have got like 200 machines. you think they have a Deluxe yeah. one? Yeah? We shall berate Andy until he gets one. Yeah, yeah. He had one, but he swapped it for someone else. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what a shame. I do like a Deluxe. A proper Deluxe is really nice. Because you get the, uh, the mirrored backdrop with a sort of half mirror. Mm. Oh, really nice, and you've got blue, yeah. sort of um, black lights in it as well. A really yeah. nice effect that is. Well, I've been up to more stuff. More stuff, go. More stuff. Obviously, arcade club. Yeah, the last night at the current location last night. Oh yeah, of course it is. It's moving yeah. soon, isn't it? It is moving. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, which we shall be going to the opening night. Ta-da! And doing some filming on Yo Job. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. I am travelling up on the Saturday morning. Yeah. You said to come on the Friday was a soft opening thing, but the traffic yeah. from out of here on the Friday is a nightmare, so no chance. Yeah, it will be probably busy, yeah, yeah. If I get there, it's just you lot going home. <laughs> and, right, and? Charlie, Charlie Farr, who's, we're just crowding around asteroids all night again, me, Charlie Farr, and Tronads. Mm-hmm. And he's so good at asteroids, he's clocked it again. It was 118,000. Oh! So I was feeding him custard creams to put him off. <laughs> Honestly, I shoved him in his mouth and he was still playing. And nom, not nom, nom, nom. He can play custard creams. No, he can't. I can not. He can play asteroids and eat custard creams and still not die. He can play custard creams and eat asteroids. Yeah. Even shooty better. rocks. Shooty rocks. We do like um, a shooty rock. I keep having to go on my deluxe yeah. for a wipe your silly name off of it. I still haven't managed it yet. It's, uh, it's not, a, not a high score. Come on, Sir, mate. I hate you, sir. I just, said good day. Just re- reset Good day, sir! Reset them. Yeah, I might also, have to do that, actually. A new cab that I haven't played. I think it's been there for a bit, but it's been round the back. Star Castle. Oh, they've got a Star Castle. Yeah. Uh, not so sure of myself. Yeah? 
going from asteroids to that it's the thrust is a lot quicker so you, it completely throws you for a start and the game looks you've just got the like the boss in the middle with these outer circles that you have to shoot through donuts yeah and you have to that's it and you have to keep shooting and dodging because this guy in the middle if you're in his line of fire he'll shoot you with a very fast bullet that's almost impossible to dodge I was playing that on the Vectrex the other day. There's a version on Vectrex. I'm not sure if it's an official version or yeah. a homebrew, but I was playing it, and it, it's very difficult. It when you is, get in the yeah. line of that thing, it gets you it's really quick, and you just come mm. out of the way of the damn thing. But yeah, people seem to rave on about Starcast. Has it got overlays on it, on the black and white monitor? Colour overlays, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. And the cab is really nice, and the marquee still looks really stylish. I think it's 1980, 81 when it was done. Yeah, real but early the one. font and the marquee, I love it. You know I like a font, mate. Yeah. You always win me over with a font. <laughs> the game I'm not 100% convinced about. Well, I'll have a go at that when I'm up there next. Mm. Oh, also, right, poor wife. I booked a week off work, and all I did was go backwards and forwards to Manchester with cabs in vans. Yeah. So I said, right, I'll take you out. We're going somewhere. Last day of my week off work. We went to Lake Windermere, right? Oh, nice. Okay. Bonus. Bonus on Windermere. Uh-huh. Walking around, and I could smell something in the air, Vic. What is that? Is that the smell of an arcade cab? They are quite smelly, aren't they? Yes. So I saw an arcade in the distance, set off at a quick jog. You mean you <laughs> ran the... off from the way you left her somewhere and ran no, away? I dragged a windy. But in this in this arcade, you got all the normal, you know, the normal modern things, the coin yeah. pushes and the redemptions. But in the back, mm-hmm. they had new, new newish games for us. Big Buck Hunter Pro. Yeah, it's another gun for... game, is it? Uh, yes, yeah, they go mad for it in America. They have these tournaments. I don't like shooting antelopes in the face. Uh, yeah, it put me off. I've only ever had one go of it, and I thought, this is kind of cruel, really. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm. don't sort of do it. And Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift yep. and Ghost Squad. Okay. So I got to thinking, right, these games, all the people we know are collectors, and they collect the old games, maybe up to, say, Outrun 2 sometimes. Mm-hmm. But after that, who's going to collect these games? After all, they're just, I know, they're big chunks of plastic with PCs in. But if you grew up playing these games, say you're like, you were like 18 in like 1998, these are the games you played in the arcades. Who's going to save these games, Vic? Well, those people, you know, I was talking about Harry earlier. Yeah. He, he likes that sort of game. He's sort of yeah. in the sort of Naomi up to Lindbergh and that sort of area hardware, which was coming to PCs anyway. That way, yeah. well, Dreamcast and then into PCs. And he loves that sort of stuff, but he likes pinballs as well. And he does like the old ones and the more modern ones. Mm. So he, he's into the gun games and that sort of stuff. So uh, people like him, I suppose. Our other friend, Adrian, he's sort of into sort of the SNES era and later of the consoles and the arcade business. So he, he's sort of into yeah. the later arcade games. And he's a little bit jealous of my Type X2 setup, you know, the quite modern yeah. setup. And I have to take it around and let him have a go at some time, like, probably let him borrow it or something. Because that's his sort of era as well. So they're slightly younger of our friends. They they sort of collect that sort of stuff, don't they? Yeah, I suppose so. You, you need a large amount of space, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, because a lot they're of these, so huge. Yeah, a lot of these are the sit-in machines, aren't they? Or the mm. the stand back with the guns, and you've got to hide behind stuff and all that sort of business. But Harry's also got a star blade. You know how big they are. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of his machines. He says he'll never get rid of because he, he loves that, and he, he used, used to love it in the arcade. So when one came up for him to get, he got it. And I put um, I sorted the button out in that for him. He's got a button missing. I sorted that out for him as well. Right. But oh, interesting thing, right? When have you ever had a go on a Starblade? I'm not sure. Well, if you ever get to see one, right? 
It's a racing game. Have I got this right? No, no. Starblade is a is a, a shooty game out in rather like Galaxian Theatre, but smaller. You got a sort of um, a twin sort of handle thing you hold onto with four fire buttons on it, and you you shift it around, shooting stuff with a, um, a crosshair. It's like oh, in a got, space game. I've got that wrong. Then I'm thinking of somebody else. Anyway, right. I'll show you it later on. But if you ever get a chance to get near one, unplug it. <laughs> right, right. Run off, and then no, and then plug it back in again, and sit in the seat and see what happens. Yeah, massage. It, it's got the biggest shaker motor I've ever set, felt under my bottom in, yeah. in its life. It goes mental for about a minute. It's like, and I was actually, I was actually doing, I was singing a song while sat on it, and it was going. <laughs> it was really, really funny. I was just started giggling to myself. I didn't realize it did it. Yeah. It must be sort of like, um, it must really shake the shaker motors to sort of um, test it or something. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really silly. <laughs> but yeah, so people like him are going to save those machines, I think. They're slightly younger collectors. There are collectors about. Yeah, I hope so. I don't want to see him, even though we haven't got that much interest in him. I'd like to... I know they'll be emulated. Somebody somewhere will be able to emulate them, but that's not yeah. the point, is it? You want the original stuff. Yeah, but I think there was a lot of them made as well. I mean, you still see them to this day. You still see Sega rallies and you know Ridge Racers yeah. and the sit-down outruns. You still see them in the, in the uh, Tokyo Drifts and all these sort of modern racing car games, I think there's so many of them. I think they are just sitting around in, in sort of sheds and warehouses, and people do buy mm. them now and again. I think they are quite cheap as well, because they are so big, not many people want them. Mm. Oh, that's good. that's good to know. So I think they will get um, get used and collected, I think. Mm. The last thing I've been up to in this fantastic last three weeks I've had, mm. Batcave, been the monthly Batcave. An arcade full of bloody clubs, sir! <laughs> no, bats. And bats! A cave full of bats. A bat yeah. full of caves. Highlights for me were playing Layer Section 2 on the Saturn, which I didn't like and then I liked. Layer Section 2? Is that a shooty game? Yes, yeah, three kind of a 3D polygon. One of them with polygons in. Polygonal. That's the word. One of them. And Super Zevious on the NES, which was surprisingly damn good. Oh, Super Zevious on the NES. Yeah, very okay. good, actually. Because normal Zevious on the NES is quite good. Mm. Good little version, yeah. yeah. I played Super... Mm. What's different about it? It's super. Ah, oh, yeah. Obviously, I don't know because I've played the name really, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't played the other one. Normal Zevious on the NES. Okay, so when you were at play, yeah, did you get to play any games at all? Um, very few. Very. Why few. do they call it play? They should call it. They should call it yap. And yeah, move cars. Oh, so much talking and chatting to new people, old people, loads of people. I, I really loved it because that was all what it was all about. But the one thing that I did get to play, obviously a little bit of Asteroids after it had closed and before it opened, mm-hmm. Eight Ball Deluxe Pinball, my favourite pinball. Oh, right. And it was there last year and I didn't get to play it, but this year I got on it. So it's sort of a pool themed thing? Yeah. Oh, nice. I love the How layout. Is it? It's a solid state one. I think it's 81. Oh, wow. It's quite an early one then. Yeah, it's got great little vocal samples in it and I love it. Yeah. Nice. It's nice to have a favourite because, I mean, we, we don't really do the pinballs very much because they're very expensive, they're very large. Mm. Um, and, you know, I don't like... I, I do like them, but I'm not very good at them. And I think I'd rather use my room to put arcade video cabs in. But yeah. there is one I would have, and that is World Cup 94. Yes. Definitely. Right. I love that game. I hate football, which is weird. Mm. If one of them came up for a reasonable price, I would snap it up, I think, and I'd, I'd make room for it somewhere. The wife would play it as well. She likes uh, pinballs. There was one in a pub in Blackburn about a year ago, but the pub was closed, so I don't know what happened to that. And it was still there, still sitting in a corner. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Well, worthwhile inquiring about that. Mm. Might get it cheap. So, did you play? You talked to me about um, Woe Nelly Greek Big Massive Melons. Yes. The new pinball from Sturm, which is sort of styled on an old kind of pinball. Yeah, it looks really good. What yeah. does it look like? Is it, has it got like the sort of um, the reels for the 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 scoring, or has it got LEDs or what? No, it's got the reels. It's got oh, the, wow. the, 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 those old style bumpers and the. It makes and the, the loud bell, noises like the and the bell sounds. Yeah, yeah, oh, right. really good. Though that's one thing I missed. I actually wanted to talk to more of the pinball guys. I've talked to a few of them, mm-hmm. but Highway Pinball were there with Full Throttle and Jersey Jack were there with a Hobbit and a couple of others. Oh, nice! And Stern were there. I don't know if it was official Stern or just Stern Pinballs with yeah. like with that Woe and Nelly and the Walking Dead and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, it was brilliant. The pin the pinball sections, the best I've ever seen at any event. It was amazing. 130 they had. Oh my lord, that's quite a lot of pinballs, isn't it? Yeah, really outstanding, really good. That is so cool. So, did you buy anything when you were there? Uh, no. Oh, do you know what? You're a, you're a bit poor like that. I yeah. must admit. Well, I am poor. That's why I don't buy anything. Exactly. <laughs> but when, when with Alex, the old uh, co-host of this podcast, I yeah. just used to sort of wave some some Nintendo at him, and he just bite straight away like a fish. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm having that. No, I'm five hundred quid, a thousand pounds. I'm having that. I'm having that. It just had a Nintendo thing on it. But you, you're a bit too tight in Northern, I think, for that. Could be. Plus, I'm not a collector. That's the thing. But tell the listeners where you're sat at the moment. I'm sat in my new gaming room. You've got a little cave, haven't you, now? Yeah. Well, I've, I've finally forced wife to get to give up her little office where she does her sort of business from. Tell the truth. You didn't force <laughs> her. She offered. Yes, because she's fed up with me swearing in the living room <laughs> at games and clicking and pressing the caramel buttons and when she just wants to sit and relax, you know. Uh, I, I, I do sympathise with her because where my front room is, I live in a bungalow and we have got an upstairs, which is an odd thing for a bungalow, but it's sort of an open upstairs, so there's mm. no door on it. So if I'm staying up late one night and I'm messing about on the computer and with my joystick and playing some MAME games, you can hear this clickety-click, tappity-tap, clickety-click, tappity-tap. And the wife usually goes, it's not that. Oh, God. And, yeah, I have to because it is noisy. You Amazing. You can wear headphones when you're playing mm. MAME or whatever. And some cabs have even got headphone slots. So you can shut the noise up. Hear that noise. Hear that. I can hear that. <laughs> yeah. This noise. Yeah, you can't really shut up clicks and, and micro switches from joysticks and stuff can you no so you've got no. a new little room now so you've got yes. your cabs in there your little tiny one and your, and your little 1942 cab yes well it's i've got half the room so far so it's a work in progress you can sort of keep sh- shoving things a little few inch if you do an inch a day she'll yeah. never know i know and, and then one day she'll just like open the door and only open halfway why can i gonna get in what's going right. on what i'm gonna get eventually yeah. Well, I've got the money and the yeah. space. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. get a candy, a proper candy Ooh. cab. Definitely, definitely. But I think it's a way off yet. Yeah, but you're thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Making plans. Oh, yeah. And on that bombshell, let's do something else, shall we? Yes. <laughs> let's talk about arcade news from around the world and local areas. Cowabunga! Yes, it is a good one. News from Darren Dasborg from the Retro Domination Australian podcast. Our mates down under. He has found uh, an article about a Spectrum running an almost unmodified Pac-Man arcade ROM, a ZX Spectrum, yeah. ZX Spectrum running Pac-Man. Didn't How the say... flipping... 
ZX Spectrum. That's, that's for our American friends. Listen, Mike McGuinness is wrong. It's, it's Z. <laughs> it's a ZX. ZX Spectrum. So, yeah, there's a link to that, and it's amazing. It's in black and white, but there's also a colour version. Yeah. And you can tell it is the actual hardware. Yeah. Well, I had a look at this last night. I know I stayed up last night. I was mucking about doing the, um, the website for us. Yeah. And I looked at some of the, the links you've put on the notes, and they're really good, a lot of them. And this one here, I, I went to download it because I've got a Plus 2 now, and it said you can only, it'll only work on a Plus 2A or a Plus 3, which is ah, a later right. version of the Spectrum. So I don't believe it'll work on the 48K version or the Plus 2 or even um, the 1 to 8. So right. I will, when I get my machine working, there's a few little things I've got to do to it yet. I'll have a go at that and see if it works. But they did a similar thing with the Asteroids code and an emulator for an Atari XL. Wow. And I played that, and really? it works really well. You can tell it, it, but it does it with raster graphics rather than vectors. Yeah. But the 6502 code is the same thing, or, or the ROMs are the same, sorry, and it's because there's 6502 inside an Atari as well. So it's the same mm. processor as Asteroids, but obviously that to do something with the vector generation to make it into raster. And that, you can tell right. that is the proper game as well. It's really clever. Especially working on such old hardware computers yeah. as well. Incredible. Right, there's a new arcade. There is a new arcade in London. In London, Vega. Mm-hmm. And the games that they have at the minute, what they're saying is Beat Mania, so it's, it's new games. Yeah. They've got a Blaze Blue or Blaz Blue. Oh, yes. Yeah. Actually, there was a new one at Play Expo, and there was another Blaz Blue coming out. It's got one of these really long, cool Japanese names, like Phantasmagoria Strike or something like that. Okay. Something like that it was. But this London arcade, if I'd known about this when I was off on the weekend, I'd have tried and hunt it down. Mm. Um, I'd look on, on their website or the Facebook page, whatever it is, which we're going to um, put a link to, and it doesn't seem to have any candy cabs yet, even though it's, it advertises a Japanese arcade. Mm. Need some I, candies. Need some candies. I think they've just got dance machines and some old wooden cabs. They've got some electrical and duets in there. Obviously, playing that kind of game, the Blue Blue yeah. game. So, hopefully, they'll be getting some uh, candy cabs. I might have to nip down and have a chat to the owners, whatever. Mm. Talking of London arcades. Yes. Yesterday, I was in town for the last film, for the film festival, and I went into the Trocadero basement. It was an arcade upstairs, but they actually that, that disappeared and they had one downstairs. It had some new games in it. I thought I'll have a nip in there to see what's going on. Very, very disappointed. It's not mm. very well looked after anymore. You've got to go in sort of a back entrance now because they're developing the whole complex, I think, into a hotel. So yeah. it's downstairs and it's sort of like a dingy entrance and there's um, you know, the usual sort of rubbish, twin drivers, shooters, a few nondescript kiddie type games. I wasn't happy about yeah. that. There was nothing to play. I didn't want to play anything really. I sort of didn't put any money in anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Mm. Galloping Ghost have announced they've got a Judge Dread prototype. They have in Right. And how they've done it, actually. They've, got, they've found the ROMs, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got an NBA Tournament Edition PCB and burned the ROMs from Dread onto that PCB and then, and then made the artwork. I don't know if they've made the artwork or it's some original artwork they've found. So it's kind of a prototype game that they've kind of put together themselves. You see what I mean? Yeah. I watched the video last night. It was Doc, the mm. owner of the Galloping Ghost. Uh, he was talking about it. And what they did is they had they found the ROMs, which are floating around, and they put them onto this PCB. And it's sort of um, one of those PCBs that will take different games. Similar yeah. kind of hardware to Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, I think, that sort of stuff. And then, obviously, NBA Jam. And they had a few problems with it, but they got it all working fully. 
and they used, I think, an NBA Jam cab, you know, the one with the really big control panels? Yeah. But they made it three-player. Uh, it's a three-player game with a joystick and four buttons, and it does some really wicked big side art, which they, they found the original documents, I think the design documents for it, and they used those. To ah, make the, right. it, it looks really cool, and I'm going to play that when I go over there. Mm. So hopefully, I'm gonna, after this podcast, I'm going to email Doc, the Galloping Ghost, and tell him I'm going to be there for like the 17th, I think the 18th to the 20th, I'm in Chicago. And yep. hopefully I'll get to meet the guy. So he seems a really cool guy as well, if you watch the video. Seems a really nice yeah. bloke, and he's, he's really into the arcades, obviously. And putting these, they've got a few of these prototype machines there, where there's one-off in the world, which mm. is quite nice. I really enjoyed that video as well. It's really cool. Yeah, have got Free Play Florida coming up soon. Are we going to that? Uh, no, but Mr. Studley's going. Oh, the lucky thing. We can tell us all yeah. about it when he gets back. Yeah, that is the 20th to 22nd of November, so that's coming in. Yeah, cool. I found one. Um, this was sent to us by uh, K-Man Sweden, our mate. And yes. Retro Games Stockholm uh, in October. Shall we take another road trip to Europe, maybe, perhaps? When in October? I can't remember now. I think it's uh, not too... About a week or so away, so... I don't think we're going yeah, to make this on. one, mate. But it looks yeah, really cool. I looked on their little <laughs> site, and it looks really smart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twin Galaxies Festival has been held. It's been gone. Been and gone, isn't it? Yeah, because this part of all these notes are coming up as maybe three, year, uh, three years old. Three weeks old. Mm-hmm. The twi- it looks so good, though, doesn't it? It did. It's, it's held, right, in the Museum of Pinball in Banning, California. And that is, that's the one with 700-odd pinballs, and it is huge. They have got a lot of machines here. I watched the full video that you sent me for this, which we will put on our podcast notes. Uh, and it's Tommy Tallarico. I've watched that, yeah. Who is famous. Um, I was actually told about this uh, quite a few weeks ago, because uh, Paul Nermanen, Nermix on the Televisionaries podcast, went to this. Yeah, quite oh, close wow. to where he lives, and he knows Tommy Tallarico as well. Um, and Tommy Tallarico did the video for it to promote it, and he is the guy from um, Video Games Live Orchestra. And right. he's, he's done a load of uh, music for, for video games as well. He's well-known in the video game industry. And it's, he's such a likeable guy. He's going around yeah. getting really excited when he's seen all these different pinballs because he owns a few of them there that he's got in his house. And he keeps finding stuff. Oh, I didn't know this existed. He was like... You or I walking around getting really excited about when he sees different things. Yeah. And it, it's a real fun um, promo, but sadly it's been and gone now. I don't think it's normally open to the public. No, that's the thing. He said that at the beginning of the video, didn't he? Which yeah. is a shame. It's a real shame because it's such a great collection. There's pinballs for like, you can't even see the one at the end. It's so far away. And there's like four or five rows of these like this. Yeah. And they've got all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff that you've never heard of. Some really old things. And then, better than that, round the back, they've got a couple of hundred arcade machines as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my this is Lord. the arcade room, and then you look in, and it's huge. It's massive. Yeah. It, it puts to shame most arcades, and this is just like a museum. But they're all working, all on, and I think it was all free play for that, that sort of long weekend they did there. I will try and get hold of Paul and see what he thought of it. Mm. The Twitterers. The Twitterists. The, the Twitterists. Instead of, well, actually, they have been playing our featured game, Uncle Pooh, but they've also been playing. Uncle Pooh. Ice Cold Pooh. Uncle Pooh, 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 Pooh. I was thinking of doing a song for it. Yeah. Theme tune. Sorry, go on. Yeah. 
You threw me now. Oh, yeah. They're doing ice-cold beer. Oh, Emula- yeah. They've been playing ice-cold beer on emulation. That one that we saw that Etienne did at Euricade. Yes. They've been playing that software. Etienne has got a lot to answer for because everyone loved his little machine. I think everyone's using that little emulator now to play it. Yeah. Because even though ice-cold beer and, and uh, Zeke's Peak, all the different yeah. machines, are actually electromechanical and you've got to move a metal bar with a ball on it into holes, yeah. it plays really well on the little simulator, doesn't it? I actually preferred it, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I, I played this simulator. Yeah. I really liked it as well because yeah. the screen was brilliant on it. It's just it's such, such a nice machine he made. So they've been playing that and have they actually completed it? Well, they've got high scores. I, I, don't, I don't really know how the scoring goes, but they're putting, putting scores that people are saying, well, that's good. Mad Steve's on it and oh, nice. a few others. Mm-hmm. He's mad, that Steve. Mad. Mad. Crazy Steve. There's also been a new beercade. Where is it? America. Oh, it's in America, of course, isn't it? We have to... We have to applaud them for this. It's called the 8-Bit Beercade. Apparently, it's doing really, really well, mm. which is cool. I wish we get a few more over here. Yeah, they've got... What have they got? Arch Rivals, Burger Time, Centipede, Dig Dug, Double Dragon, Galaxian, Gauntlet Legends, Golden Tea, Lethal Enforcers, Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, NBA Jam, Pac-Man, Street Fighter 2, and more. Cool. That's a good little lineup, really, for a little barcade. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Especially with the multiplayer games. Because I, I know the Americans love the NBA jams. Cause that's a four-player mm. game, I think. Yeah, they loved it. I actually did get a lot of play at Play Expo, the NBA jam. Good party game, I imagine. Mm. Mm. Cool. And guess what, Vic? Fantastic oh, news. Happy news. The podcast that inspired you to create this podcast is back. Indeed. No quarterback, people. <laughs> yeah. Mike McGuinness and Jeff Prescott. Yes. Have you heard it? Yes, I have indeed. I loved it. Mm, it's good, isn't it? They did a good game to, to kick off with as well. They did Metal Slug X. Mm, he knows his stuff, Jeff, doesn't he? I've not heard of him before. Neither have I, but he does know his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, oh, he does. I wonder if he's got any arcade cabs himself. We'll have to ask him. Yeah, no quarter. Tell us about Jeff. We want to hear him. <laughs> yeah. Also, some news um, about another game that's come to arcades lately in a sort of odd way. A game called Soccerban. Mm. which was a, a Spectrum game, a full version of a Spectrum game. It's been ported to the Taito L system hardware, which I am an owner of. I Ooh. have, I think I've got plotting. It's mm. a, little, a little puzzle game on It's a tiny little board, and yeah. you can burn the ROMs to play different games on it. And this is from our boffin, our mate, Adrian Seamonkey. Mm. So he's done this, and it's on the UK VAC forum, if you look on there. And I played it. On MAME, I haven't managed to dump the ROMs onto the PCB yet. I haven't had time to do that, but I will do it. I played it in MAME. All you do is you get the MAME ROM file, which is plotting, which has been redone with these new ROMs, and you put it in place of plotting. So even when you go and play plotting on MAME, it's a totally different game. Ah. And I played it, and it's a little puzzle game where you shove the blocks around. You've got to shove the blocks or the little crates into the three spaces it asks you to put them in. Yeah, clever game. I've seen it. I actually had a version on the original Game Boy and a few other versions. I think yeah. Microsoft gave one with, with Windows 95 or something, and the Lynx had a version. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything has had a version of this, and it's a really cool little game. And yeah. Adrian's managed to do different... He's done different graphics layouts for it, and he's tweaked it so it fits on the arcade screen properly. It's got cool little music as well from a music program he put in there as well. It's a really smart little game. I had a go of it, and it's cool. Mm. And also... Also... Not, not just one game... Mm. But two games have been released like this. Another one is a game called Speckies 2, also running on the same L-System hardware from a UK VAC user called Sokura. He ported his own Flash game, 
which he wrote for a Spectrum in four and a half days. Mm. And it's another kind of puzzle game, but it's different, and it's a fiendish little game. I played it again on just on MAME, and I think this is the game I'm going to put on my L-System hardware. It's really difficult. It gets difficult quite quickly, and you can do you can sort of give up on the level. It knows when you get stuck, and you get you can sort of paint yourself into a corner. Have a right. go of it. It's really cool. We've put the link in it for his website is where you can get it from. But it's really cool. These and I think he, Adrian Sea Monkey helped him out with it as well because I think Adrian is the the guy on the L system hardware. He's really really clever doing this stuff. I applauded, so, sir. So if you take a ROM like Plotting and you re and you get another ROM, rename it to Plotting, put it in Mame. Yes. Mame Mame will run it. Yes. I didn't know that. Simple as that. Because mm. what it is, the, the plotting zip file has got a, it's usually got a, a, a number of different files in there, which will be the image for the separate ROMs. So yeah. there's three images in there. It'll be three ROMs you've got to burn for your PCB. Yeah. You swap them out with the originals, yeah? But in MAME, it just takes the zip file with all the ROMs in, and it obviously knows where to put them all if, you've got the, if they're named correctly. And that's all you do. Mm. It's that simple. So you can play them yourself. Very good. Mm. That's what I did with the 1942 one, where the guys changed the music round for it. Yeah, and I also actually did it for Kung Fu Master. I can't remember. I think it was Adrian did it again because he's the guy for the, the the ROM hacking. He changed it so you can kick whenever you want. You can do the jump kick in in Kung Fu Master rather than you got to sort of walk along a little bit before you can do another one. And I yeah. burnt that to my actual PCB, and it works perfectly. And it's a much better game to play now. It's been done like that. Right. Oh, brilliant! Applause here for him. Give him a ping, Vic. Oh yeah, go on then. Well, those two guys, actually. Sakura as well. Ping for them two lads. Indeed. I forgot about the pings. <laughs> Starforce pie. Now, Homer, don't you eat this pie. Looks like it's going to get to a mm, Kickstarter. It I may like, be on a Kickstarter. I like pies. These are raspberry pies. We should elaborate further. We talked about this a little while ago, didn't we, in one of the other episodes? Yes, yeah. It's someone has got an old Starforce LED game. You know, little tabletop games you used to have mm. when we were kids? And he's stripped it apart. He's put a little LCD screen in it. He's put a, a Raspberry Pi in it running MAME. And he's made it into a little tiny MAME machine. Yeah, so cute, isn't it? It's really four little buttons and joystick. I think it's got like USB ports around the back and all that sort of business. Stereo sound, all that thing. And I think he's going to start offering it to the public. So he's started a Kickstarter fund. Because mm. this is an actual thing he's made. He's got a physical one he's shown off already and shown people. Therefore, you're allowed to put it on Kickstarter. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the goals are or how much it's going to cost. I will have a look at it because I don't normally back Kickstarter things, but I like the look of it. Mm. It's quite nice. It does look good. Mm. Also, we've just missed this one, Cave Carnival, 10th of October in Paris. In, oh, this looked really cool. It was a massive... It wasn't a massive party. It was massive in, in scope. Immense. Uh, immense. Yeah. <laughs> it was held by the Schmups Forum members and... In- it France, was all yeah. yeah, it was all cave games. So loads of candies all lined up. You could play all the cave games, they had competitions, they had Amazing. Lots of stuff going on. So now, this I is brilliant. definitely want to go to this. This next was year. really good in more ways than one. One of the main things is a collector, unless you're absolutely loaded rich, you wouldn't have that many cave games because they are very expensive to buy. You know, up to like a thousand pounds for these cave games, some of the newer ones. And the older PCBs, at least three, four, five hundred pounds each. Mm, and they're yeah. very expensive. So that place is one place you could go 
to play them all for one day and meet other like-minded people. But they also had a pony cocktail cab there, a Jalico pony cocktail. Yeah. Oh, they're so rare. I'd love to play yeah. on one. I would definitely steal that. Yeah. You and me would have that away in the back of my car. Off, gone. Sorry, what's, guys. What size is the monitor on that? I think it's a 25-inch. It's quite a big one. Uh, oh, it's a re- really nice-looking cabinet in the style of my ponies that I've got, but in a, a cocktail cab. Wow. Awesome machine. Wow. So next year, it's only France. Not that difficult to get to, is it? We should perhaps think about going to that. Mm. Hmm. Yes. Tell me about this new vector game. There's a new vector game. Thank you. Next. Unreal, unreal vector hardware. It's called VEC9. It's got a great backstory. Yeah, there's, they've made up this kind of Russian backstory to it about this game that they've found, and it's sort of all, all linked with the Cold War and that kind of thing. Duh. And what sort of game is it? I can't actually It's remember. sort of a shooting game. Um, is it that 3D thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. It's, yeah, And it's been debuted on a proper uh, Geo5801 monitor, which is the same kind of thing that's in my Asteroids cab. Mm, Actual okay. hardware. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure how it's going to come out or what sort of... Uh, whether they're going to release a PCB for it or ROMs to go on an existing board. I have no idea. Yeah, but it, it looks good. And the video they've done for it, the promo video, is really smart. So get along to vet9.com. Notes will be in the show notes. It's quite vague, isn't it? The the website. I think it's just to get you a little teaser, isn't it? A little teaser. A bit of a law. Thanks, Alpha One, for sending us that news. Indeed. But having an actual vector game on vector hardware is really clever. Yeah. I like the idea of that. Mm. Did you see this one? The little picture you should have in front of you at the moment? Yeah. I saw yeah, this I on eBay. I was just looking on eBay for something the other day, and I took a picture of it. It was a game on the same hardware that Mr. Driller's on. Yeah. Uh, system 10 or 12, I can't remember which one it is, a Namco system. A Jammer PCB. It's called Libero Grande from Namco, 1987. Very rare Japanese J- Jammer arcade PCB Japan coin-up game for the princely sum of £1,229.50. Oh, my for word. A flaming football game. The guy's going to be joking, aren't he? It like, is in MAME, actually. It's in MAME, emulated. Rant over. I don't normally rant about prices, and I don't like hearing about people ranting about prices, but that is ridiculous. It's just a flipping football game. You can usually get other football games like £15. They're two a penny everywhere. Most people use them for their, uh, for their test boards when they're mucking about their arcade machines. Be interested if anyone's bought it. I don't think so. No, they're just trying it on, aren't they? Mm. Right, a couple of non-arcade news here, but quite interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Streets of Rage soundtrack, their Mega Drive game, yeah. has been, been released on a special high-quality red vinyl. Ooh, nice. That's quite cool, isn't it? I have a, have a vinyl of an old arcade game. I'm sure one of the uh, guys sorry. from RVG bought the red vinyl. Yes, he did. And I'm sure a friend of ours has bought it on normal record as well. Mm. I can't remember which one it was now, but he bought it as well. I said, why didn't you buy the red vinyl? He said, oh, the sound's better on the black vinyl. I went, oh, okay then. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a record. Yeah, I've listened to that RVG today. It's a good podcast, that. They've yeah. sort of re- rebooted it. Good guys. Mm, yeah. And? Oh, talking of retro VG. Yeah, the retro VGS console. Yeah. The crowdfunding campaign has failed. They've cancelled it. Indeed they have. And a lot of people have cited the price. They had no exclusive games because you'd get most of them on Steam. And they didn't, they didn't even display a working prototype to, to show. Yeah. So 
people haven't backed it which is a shame because I like the idea of it. I think we mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, didn't we? Yeah, I've been following this because um, I think it was SoCal Mike was the head guy on it who, who also does the uh, ColecoVisions, helps out on the ColecoVisions podcast. Yeah. And he is a really good guy. Everyone knows him as a good guy. And he does a magazine, I think, as well. And he does stuff to do with uh, auctions for old games. He's a really good guy. But I think the product is just a bit... Uh, there's been a lot of talk about it. And I don't want to sort of go on about it, really. But I think it was a bit of a dream, a good dream, mm. mind, nice dream, sounded an awesome dream. You know, they had all the the, the console outer boxes made out of um, old old Jaguar cases. Yeah, the they molds, actually bought yeah. the molds, the original molds for it, and it, it looked the actual mock-ups they've got of it looks awesome, really nice looking uh, console. But they wanted to solely use cartridges, no downloadable stuff, no online play, none of this sort of stuff. So I think that was the thing that was putting people off. And I don't think it's going to work nowadays. That's the only thing. It's a shame, but mm. people just won't have it because you can get all these games elsewhere for, you know, in seconds. You can download them in seconds. You've got them. It will cost minimum amount of money. No fuss. They can be updated whenever there's a problem with them, whatever. So I think on a cartridge, it's just not going to work nowadays, sadly. No. You know, we've got the old the old um, consoles to collect, and there's plenty of them, and there's plenty of them about to collect. I don't think people are going to start buying a new one, unfortunately. Mm, shame, that shame. Well, we'll see what they do. You might still go ahead with it, bring the price down. I don't know. I think they're still looking at options, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Right, then. Right, then. That's the end of the long news section, so we go into pickups. A very short pickups. really had any i found a bit of arcade stuff i had a couple of weeks ago i forgot to say on the last podcast we did i got eight 24 mil black sanwar snapping buttons for sergeant i's uh, little vectrex controller project we're up to i like that project we're waiting for some of the redesigned pcbs to come back from wherever sarge gets them printed hopefully they'll be around soon i've got to talk to him about that I need to phone him up and I've been mucking about with the case design, and it's sort of finalised. We're just going to do a little piece underneath the joystick. So hopefully, I'm not sure if we're going to do a digital one or an analogue one yet. I think we're going to stick with the analogue in the end, because it's more authentic, and do a little yeah. stick for it. But the yeah. digital one, I had an idea of doing a little D-pad with a stick sticking out the middle of it. But yeah. it was difficult to sort of implement it, but I'm still working on it a little bit. But that's where that's going, and those buttons were for my and Sarge's version, because there's four buttons each. And mm. I also got a plus two... Spectrum SCART cable from Retro Crab Products. I thought I'd mention that because Retro Crab is a cool name. <laughs> Retro Crab. Retro yeah. Crab. And they do um, SCART leads for all sorts of old computers. And they're really cool quality. I also, when we were away on our weekend away at the film festival, yeah. in the foyer of the Shoreditch Hotel I was in, they had a big, thick coffee table book called Geek Art. Yeah. And I, saw, I, I homed in on it straight away when I saw it. I was like a beeline to it straight away. And I was reading it. She said, you haven't got time to read it. I was like, oh... And she actually bought it for me. We were in Foils, the big bookshop in London. We was in, they've got a really nice cafe there. We was having some uh, cake. I had Guinness cake. Mm, Guinness cake. Guinness mm, cake. Lovely. Oh, it was really nice, mate. And, and she said, oh, I'll get you that book. So she bought me the book. It's really cool. I've looked through it. I have to sort of post a few pictures of it. It's a really nice book. It's quite expensive, but it's about an inch and a quarter thick. Yeah. And it's got loads of sort of artwork, sort of pop art, inspired by retro games and video games. Oh, that'd be good. It's really nice. It's got some good Did- stuff in there. Did you go back to the foyer of the hotel? Did you go back? Um, and was the book still there? Yes, it was. So we, we actually got it after we checked out, you cheeky monkey. 
All right. So you didn't... And I saw her buy it. <laughs> uh, okay, then. I like to carry it around. It's heavy as well. All right. Oh, I also got um, an LS32 Simitsu joystick from uh, the same place I got the buttons from, which was the wonderful Arcade Japan. Mm. Everyone buy your bits from Arcade Japan. They're really good. Ah, right. I bet that's where you got anything, did you? Yeah, loads. You did? Apart from a games room, a full room. That's a, a massive a whole pickup. room. Yeah. But I, got, I had a sort of a, an, an uncomfortable chair. So I've got a pickup. I went down to JISC. <laughs> Cushions for me chair. Oh, nice. Very, very nice. It's nice now. Look, I can bounce around on it. And, and I that, can't hear you squeaking on that silly chair. I get a saw bump, yeah. on the floor. And also got a USB hub thing because my laptop is one of these, like, supposed to be one of these trendy new thin things, and it's only got two USB ports. Oh, one of them. So I've plugged a USB thing in. Yeah, Macs do that because they're so skinny, mm. you can't really put many in them. Mm. Mm. It's not that thin, but it's, you know, it's one of the newer, newer kind. Does like, the job. Yeah, it's all right. Excellent. Okay, why don't we do some feedback then? There's lots yes. of that. First one, Chris Plus Plus from Atari Age. Never mind what they say, you've won my award for the greatest UK podcast. I shall send along the physical version as soon as I learn how to weld metal. For us! For not winning the podcast award. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, for now, I suppose we just have to settle with the text version. And in, in big letters, winners of the greatest podcast in the United Kingdom according to Chris Plus Plus, the Ten Pence Arcade. Thank you very much, Chris. <laughs> I think he likes us more than we do. Mm. The next one was from Chris Cruz, one of the uh, Skycursor guys. Yep. Maybe Vic and Sean should be switched around on the graphic for this one, which was the one we did for Sunset Riders. Yes. Uh, Sean's revocalizations of the ladies in Sunset Riders was almost too spot on. <laughs> also, steer. I'm in a terrible mess. You are in. Yes, I am. And I was busy jumping on steers. We've had one from Stephen Baker, who is Cine Steve, and he sent us some scores for his uh, Uncle, Uncle Pooh. Pooh. And he's put on there an early score from Cine Steve. Sorry I haven't left feedback in a while, but I have been listening religiously on a Tuesday morning, just been really busy to actually get some proper sessions in with the featured games. Uncle Pooh is actually better than I thought it was going to be. I will start to submit more scores and get involved, even if they are rubbish. Keep up the good work. Big thumb. Yes. CNP. He's put another great podcast. Cheers, you two. Also carried on catching up on old episodes. It's funny to hear the rose-tinted love for some games in early episodes that you had, and then you go on to review in more recent episodes, and you actually absolutely hate them. What are those? We've probably said some, haven't we, that we didn't like it in the end, or I can't mm, remember. Maybe. Yeah. We, I do change my opinions, actually. When you sort of think, oh, let's get into this game for next week, and you yeah. play it, and you end up disliking it. Mm. Do it sometimes. Yeah, it's put. Can I suggest a C64 game that should have been in the arcade? O'Reilly's Mine. Never heard of that one. Um, I'm not sure I have actually. Mm -hmm. It's like Bagman or something, is it? Simple graphics, a bit dig duggy in colour scheme and undergroundness. Are they real words, dig duggy and undergroundness? They are now. They are now. Frantic gameplay as the levels progressed and the realistic way that the water rose was really impressive and made for a fun thing to mess around with on the earlier levels before it got hard. Don't know it. I'm not sure. Hmm, I want to drag the old 64 out again. Oh, look at that. Yes. Zappy. Flipping love it and what a cracking timing. Mm. Neil1637. 
This is the first of two feedbacks from him. Mm-hmm. Uncle Pooh, oh my God, I haven't played this in eons. I remember it being rock harder, the levels looping themselves round and round and getting faster and harder. So I asked him, I said, oh, have you played this in a cab, Neil? Because we're really struggling to find any reference mm. of a cab or artwork or marquees or existence of the thing. Yeah. And he said, no, he just played it on MAME. But he's the only person I think we, we've been contacted by who actually knew it before we mentioned it. Yeah. Because nobody knows about the poor old Uncle Pooh. Uncle Pooh, Uncle Pooh, Uncle Pooh, Uncle Pooh, Uncle Pooh. Lazole, yeah. 70. Roller skates and poo, complete with treasure hunting and tsunami. Brilliant. Brilliant. Benson Radlite said it was a long podcast last time with a Sky Cursor interview on the end. Makes up for the short one, the previous one. What was the previous one? We don't know. I've forgotten. Yeah, we don't know. A long time ago. It's a couple yeah. Weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Alpha One, RL. Interesting bit about Galaga, Galaga pronunciation. Top work as always. Although your Sunset Riders review, Vic, was totally brutal. Yes. It's a great take your brain out game. Yes, it is. Thanks for the Schmupulations Capcom CPS1 interview featuring Yoshiki Okamoto. Yes, thanks for that, Alpha One. That was awesome. He gave us a link to that, didn't he? Cool. Hooray, banana, Eric. Loving the voice acting on this one. Hey, Alp. Sure. <laughs> Sean, you have got the you've got the allure in your voice when doing the female impersonation. Wait until mm-hmm. you hear the one for Uncle Pooh later on. Uh-huh. K Man Sweden, same here. Straight out of North and South with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Don't know that one. Uh Chucky Egg. Our Alex. Great game is Sunset Riders. No. But, then, but then again, I am playing the SNES version. I never played the arcade version as I had long left hanging around the arcades by the time these types of games were released. Mm-hmm. Definitely would be cramped on screen for four players, but as two player on the SNES, it works well, and he loves it. Okay. Keep up the good work. Good episode. And thanks also to Alex for the shout-out on his latest Nintendo arcade vid that he gave us. Thank you for that, Alex. Cool. Cool. A guy called Hungar. I Hungar. I Hungar. Run, coward, run. Run, Howard. Who's Howard? <laughs> run, Howard. Great episode, guys. I can't believe your disdain for Sunset Riders, Vervik. It's just stupid fun. Come on. It even has multicoloured cows. Really enjoyed this Skycaster interview. Best of luck to those guys. You can tell it's going to be expensive, though. I have no idea how much Skycaster is going to cost. I haven't asked. I do not care. Mm, this is going to be awesome. Good. I want to see it in an arcade. Yes, let's get it there. This is a second bit from Neil1637. Hi, guys. Having finally managed to get caught up with the last few podcasts after slipping behind, for which reasons I apologise profusely. Okay. And he has what? He's what? He's flagelligated himself. Flagellated. That's it. Whipped himself with some of those long shoestring sweets that we used to eat as a kid. Don't flagelligate yourself, mate. (laughs) He's going to leave some feedback. I really do enjoy these little glimpses into your lives and now you've kept me company while in the garage working on my DK build. Oh, stop. Stop. He's been making a little Donkey Kong, a little bar top Donkey Kong. Ah, yeah. He's doing a really nice job of it. Carry on. Okay, I won't dredge up too much of the older stuff as I think it's good to keep things current, but I can't let a comment by Vic go by without reproach. Because you, you said the Commodore 16 was rubbish, which is I disagreed with because I liked it. I had, well, my brother had Burks 1, 2, and 3 on there and some other stuff. And he's put my. F- well. No. <laughs> Carry on. Carry on. My first and fondest memories are opening the box on December the 25th. That's quite an important day, that. It brings a bell. It's come some kind of Christmas, that's it. And he's found his new shiny Commodore 16 there waiting. 
They weren't shiny, they were dark brown. They were dark brown for a reason. Actually, I think they were black Commodore 16s. I thought they were dark brown. They're the same shape as a Commodore 64 or Yeah, the bread 20. bin shape. Yeah. We'll have to look that up. Neil will know. Now, admittedly, it wasn't the flagship of home computing, and yes, a lot of the games were lesser comparisons of their bigger brothers, and yes, there were some mere clones of arcade releases, but there were still some standout titles. Like I mentioned, Burt's 1, 2, and 3... Cuthbert in the Tombs of Doom. Cuthbert was was he a Spectrum guy? Was he Dragon Thirty Two guy? Cuthbert, I think he was like. a Dragon guy. Cuthbert, yeah. yeah, I did like a Pitfall kind of thing in that, didn't he? Yeah. Fingers Malone, F One Simulator, Kickstart, D D D D D D D Monty on the Run, Mister Puniverse. I've not heard of that. Dark Tower, Trailblazer, Auto Zone. The real question is whether or not to revisit these on Mame. On Mame. Or leave those rose-tinted specs in place and remember them fondly. I do believe MAME, the new, the brand new versions of MAME, will run consoles as well. They've sort oh. of amalgamated them all together. He also mentions another game there, uh, a retitled Arkanoid called Arthanoid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that name. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the 46.5 podcast, which is me wandering around talking to myself into my Mars bar-shaped recorder. Yeah, it's sort of subtitled... Sean having a breakdown. Yeah, well, I like it. First like up, it. the introduction <laughs> of a new item on the agenda regarding the tech help section. We're doing a tech help section. Mm-hmm. I think you should do that because I can't, uh, I'm not very good with tech, as you know. I really like the sound of this. As a relative noob still, anything like this, where, the, where those more knowledgeable can help out, is welcomed. It would be good if you could if you had some real basic tips in there as well. So you'll like this one, mm-hmm. as it's really daunting when you first get your cab dropped off, not knowing what you can do and what you can prod and poke and shouldn't. I just, I just lick stuff. If you just put your head in the cab, lick stuff, you get electrocuted, and then you know which things are like... <laughs> Disclaimer, everyone, don't yeah. listen to Sean. Don't please, lick Please stuff. don't lick any electrical items. Carry mm. on. Just lick the cream off custard creams. I've lost my place now, mate. Where are you? Idiot. As for the the podcast itself, I really enjoyed it. Short but sweet. I like walk-arounds, and when given you're given the live atmosphere, he likes the feel of the place. Blown away by the number of pins you reeled off. Yeah, so good. And he loved, he's starting to love pins from playing at Arcade Club and Nerg. You mentioned the Williams White Water pin. I really love this at Nerg. I think they had two. Yeah, I think they did. A shout out to Mrs. H, Mrs. Holly, for her vocal contributions in between the mouthfuls of ice cream. <laughs> she sounded like a posh lass off Gogglebox. I don't watch Gogglebox. Nope, neither do I. Fligging hell, she said. Sorry, Dan Flig, for that. She said, Fligging hell. All in all, a good podcast and deserved thanks to those that worked hard to get Play Expo up and running. Shame I couldn't get there. P.S. How tired did you sound, Sean, at the end of it all? Like a bag of chips trapped into a wet puddle. (laughs) Until next time, chaps. Thanks for that, Neil. Uh, We had some positive feedback on your 46.5 as well. From Silver Fox, WTG Bob, Tronads, Charlie Farr, Chucky Egg, Tin, you missed the Expo. Yeah. And hooray, Bar- hooray Banana, who reckons you're a good rambler. I like a ramble. Mm. And a waffle. Yeah. Mm. And that is it for that section. And we usually do, right about now, shout-outs. Yes, I've got a few. The Blackburn Show Me Games crew. Really funny. 
cool little YouTube and Twitch things. Okay. Adam, Aaron, and Liam doing a great job. Keep it up, guys. They do the caravan-style retro reviews, which are funny. Oh, yeah. Lewis Batcave, I've got to give him a shout-out for tirelessly putting on the retro events every month. He puts a lot of work into it, you can tell. There's competitions, there's prizes, there's booze, and there's, um, what do you call them, little jelly babies. Oh, I like yeah. the jelly baby me. And them long, thin sort of licorice things. Is that the ones that um, Neil was flagellating himself with earlier? A flagellicate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and I'm going to try and make you say that every podcast now. <laughs> All the people I met for the first time at Play Expo, I met loads of people. It was so awesome. So these people I met for the first time, Retro Schmupper, lovely guy, Andy, Benny, John, and Aaron, or Aaron, or Christ, off RGDS podcast, Tom from Dreamcast Junkyard, and, and his team, Gaz, Rob, and Martin, Dan Smash, who did the video, the Dude Quest video. Ciao, ciao. I like him, he's a good lad. And that's it. And the only one I've got this week is Martin, Martin Smarty Martin. Yeah. He's actually fixed my Jet Fighter PCB. Brilliant. He's got jets on the screen and everything. Excellent. So thank you for that, Martin. I cannot wait to have that back off you. I have to go and see him, I think, to go and grab it and uh, get it in the cab. Hang about, where did I put that Player 2 joystick? Uh-oh. Ooh, let's find that. <laughs> right, the forgotten gems we're getting rid of. Gone. Yeah. Gone. And we're going to put a little bit of a tech tips on here. So we've got one this week from James RGP, who's yeah. a, good, a good techer. Yeah. And we're going to play that in a second. Um, but we'd like you to, if you've got a quick and easy tech tip for us, or some information about how to do certain things on a cabinet, or whatever you like, really, send them in to yeah. us. You can do the, an audio thing, or we'll talk to you on Skype, or just send us some text, and we'll read yeah. it out. Uh, so let's press play on tape and play this one from James. Okay, James, I've just bought my brand new Jammer Cab. I go to switch it on. And nothing happens. What are the very basic steps I do to figure out what's gone wrong? So the first thing I would do is plug it into the mains with all the doors on it closed and all the backs on and all the rest of it. And then switch the main switch on at the wall. And then look for any obvious or not so obvious hidden switches. Yeah. So, for example, if you bought an electric coin machine, there's usually a, a, a switch kind of top middle that you can get at that's behind the marquee. You can reach to it from the front. Uh, it's not that obvious, and it's designed to be out of the way so that they can be switched on and off without going behind them to the wall. Look for any hidden switches. If everything seems to be switched into an on position, but it's still not coming on, right? it's time to start checking cables and fuses. If it's got a kettle lead uh, yeah. type plug, swap it out for a start off with one that's known to be working. Uh, next thing, obviously, check the wall outlet fuse. So everybody knows how to do that. Thin screwdriver... It's, uh, t- it's time to break out the multimeter at this point. Set it on, on the beep mode or continuity for the rest of us. Put your t- probes across both ends of the fuse and if you're getting a screaming beeping sound, the fuse is probably good. Okay. So then you're starting to take the back off and look at the obvious. Just work from the outside inwards. So look for any signs of any fuses that you can see visibly or in little holders. Sometimes, and again, if you've got an electric machine, there'll be usually a little metal tray at the back where you plug the mains cable in, and there's either two or three fuses in a little kind of screw cap canister uh, sort of thing. Now, sometimes the fuses in there will be perfectly okay, but you'll be, you know, you'll find out later down the line there's no voltage coming out, and those fuse holders are a bit duff, basically. And it, it does happen from time to time, especially depending on the storage considerations of the machine before you've got it. After that, 
yeah, you're looking for fuses, you're looking for checking voltages or getting into the machine, and you're into the sort of knowing how to use your multimeter on AC and DC and continuity at this point. Right. Generally, I'd be looking with AC voltage on multimeters for making sure you've got your mains voltage coming in for a start-off. Yeah. I think we'll leave out how to use a multimeter for another another, <laughs> uh, another episode, but make sure you've got inlet voltage from your, from your wall, make sure you've got any if any power supplies are sending out voltages and there's you know your fuses are good and everything make sure you're getting voltages arriving at the things that are supposed to have voltages arrive at them and remember that when you take the back off a machine certainly in the early machines cases you're going to have a white pull out uh, safety interlock switch mm, cherry switch uh, yeah sorry cherry switch as yes. a lot of people call it and you need to pull that into the out lock position yeah um, and that's there so that the back door holds the switch pushed in which makes a contact when yeah. you pull the back door off, it immediately disconnects the power because it springs out to its centre position, which is open. And then the engineer can then manually defeat the safety feature so that they can work on the machine and choose to shut it down or start it up as appropriate. Obviously, observe that you are if you pull that out, you will have live voltages flowing around the cab. Uh, yeah. Be careful with yourself. I'll tell you a couple of things. 240 volts does hurt. It won't kill you unless you really do something bad with it, like lean across two you know two or three terminals in one go and make a nice big you know know, maybe a a nice nail or something like that across both terminals but in most cases ac voltage you'll touch it you'll feel it you'll jump off it pretty quick just make sure your voltages are hitting things like the monitor you're not seeing voltages arrive at your monitor of any any shape or form then there's a good chance that either there's something behind that so what i'm saying is work your way into a situation where you've isolated where the problem is so if you've got mains voltage coming into the cabinet, but then there's nothing else going on after that, so your monitor's got no power at it, regardless of whether it's coming on or not, if it's got no power at the monitor and there's yeah. no, the game board doesn't sound like it's coming to life and things like that, you know, you can't see any LEDs pop on, can't credit the game up and hear, you know, hear it play blind and things like that, yeah. then you've worked your way in to a particular point within the machine where you can figure out, oh, it's got to be in this area. Mm, so you eliminate. Yeah. Things. You work your way in and work your way back. I mean, mm. most of the time, a, a lot of machines, you can just take a quick look inside, put, plug the power in, take a quick look inside, and you can go, oh, right, sh- I can see an LED that should be on, and it's not on. And you know that if that's not on, but the monitor's coming on, for example, I would work from the wall into the machine and then work around the points in the machine that should have power to them yeah. and check that you're getting power there and then work backwards until you find the place where where you don't have power. So if you're finding that you don't have any signs of life whatsoever and all your switches are on, they can be like a bit of a rat's nest to chase because you've got to chase the input power from your wall through the switches because mm-hmm. it's, it's very common for the switches to go bad oh, uh, after 30-odd years. Yeah, right. So the interlock switches will go... Uh, will uh, In fact, we had one disintegrate from on us at Play Expo, the Double Dragon cherry switch on that decided to disintegrate. Right, yeah. Uh, so they it was on one minute, off the next, they opened the cab up and the switch fell apart. And, you know, it's not uncommon. I mean, I've heard tales of people moving one from one side of the living room to the other and everything stopped working. And all it's been, ultimately, is the, you know, those little crimp connectors that you put onto the terminals on the back of these switches. Quite common for those to fall off because it's work loose. We've been picked up, put down, bumped around in transit and that sort of thing. They eventually mm-hmm. vibrate towards the edge of it and then fall off. So That's basically, the multimeter is, is your friend. Your, your, your multimeter essential. is essential. Yeah, is a, a, this an essential toolkit? Mm. 
an essential toolkit for arcade testing, repairing, that sort of stuff. Uh, you want a good multimeter. You don't need to spend a fortune, but you know, don't spend three quid. You know, spend 20 quid on a multimeter. Home and bargains. <laughs> <laughs> for the basics, you need one that can do continuity and make a nice loud beep. Yeah. You need one that can do AC voltage up to 200 and, well, at least up to 400 volts, so it can measure your 240 volt input from the mains safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want the one that can do DC up to, say, 200 volts, so it can measure moni- uh, input voltage to the monitor. Uh, not high voltage, you know, the, the, the dangerous yeah. bit, the, the, just the general power for it. You know, the best ones are the ones, that, in my opinion, that are just two leads on them. Decent set of screwdrivers, ranging from small, small, thin, so you can get into those little adjustment pots, yeah. right up to nice, big, chunky PZ, you know, posi 2, posi 3s to remove the back door screws. You don't need to spend a lot on a massive toolkit. You know, a pair of snippers, a few screwdrivers, a wire stripper's a good good thing to have. Yeah. Uh, an all-purpose crimp tool as well. I swear by one of those nice, meaty ratchet types. Uh, they can cost about £20 themselves, but you can get the, you know, the manual ones for probably about a fiver. And, mm. and they work. You know, those are for the red, blue, and yellow crimp terminals that you can get for things. And you find those sizes are used inside arcade machines uh, on control panels and all over the place. Right. So... You don't really need much more than that as a basic toolkit. A hammer's always a good thing to have. In frustration. <laughs> yeah, in frustration, yeah. Smash! It works. It would, no, no, don't. don't Just sling it across the room. It usually makes you feel better. <laughs> um, usually you have to patch a wall up, though, if you mm. do that. A nice thing to have is one of those little stools that have got a small toolbox embedded into them. Mm. And they're perfect because a lot of the time you need to step on them to get at the... Secret screws, switch. Yeah, the secret switch or the <laughs> screws that hold the, the marquee retainers in so you can change the, the bulb up there. Yeah. You know, once you, they, these, what people don't realise is you can have all the knowledge in the world to fix them once you've fixed them. They're actually pretty damn robust. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. If these things can last 35 years studying, let's say, non-favourable conditions somewhere mm. and still power up and then still run for years, mm. then I think we're doing well. Are there any other tips I can give on on basics? I have learnt a little bit mm. actually from last weekend. Mm. Just the just the very very basics, but more than I more than I did know. So that's good. The the, the thing that I see that people don't do is check things when they first sight them. So yeah. when you were with us at the event, if you noticed, we placed everything. Yeah. Shuffled it around as much as we needed to before before we did anything with it. Took the backs off, made sure nothing had moved, jolted, cable connectors fallen off, all that kind of thing. Net cards and yeah, visual yeah. inspection. You know, mm. it, it's happened before. Anode caps have come off in transit. Yeah. So you got floating high voltage and people just plug them in and go, why isn't the monitor working? What's that for a strange smell as the PCBs are going up in smoke because the yeah. anode's landed on it? Yeah. You know, check that sort of thing. Make sure everything's stable. Plug it in. There's nothing mm. else more you can do than try and plug it in. Yeah. If it goes bang, it was going to go bang anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a bit of a... Th- Bit of a lack of fear of them dying. If something blows up, I don't look at it as as the end of the world, mm. and and I don't think anybody should look at it as the end of the world. Things can be fixed. If things die off, I look at it as a challenge. I don't look at it in a bad way. Yeah, that's the best way, isn't it? With this particular hobby, if you don't learn to at least diagnose the basic faults with mm. these games, you will run out of money very quickly. Mm. Or you will, especially if you've got a few cabs. Yeah, or, yeah, or you'll run out of patience. Well, thank you very much for that, James. There's a lot of stuff there to take in. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, that was really good. I learned quite a bit there about diagnosing power problems. Yeah, I think when you when you first get an arcade cabinet, whether you've had millions of them before or it's your first one, it's always good to take the back off, take the back door off, 
have a good look around inside, make sure nothing's fell off or anything obvious. Yeah. And like James says, get in there with your multimeter, check a few things out, and you'll yeah. be happy. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks a lot for that, James. Really good. Thank you, James. Let's have a musical interlude, because I do need to go to the little boy's room for a second. And I'm back. Uh, I had to visit Little Boy's Room where we played that musical interlude. Hope you liked it, everyone. Sunset Riders. Rubbish game, great music. You know, you love Carry it. Carry on. <laughs> I've got a hobnob, by the way. Okay. Right, so we're going to talk about the featured game review. Mm-hmm. Chosen by Mr. Marland. Mm. Called? What's Uncle, it called, Vic? Uncle Pooh. <laughs> Uncle Pooh. Now, when you pick this, I thought, oh, my word, what have you picked? Even the name is just rubbish. But then I started playing it, and it's a completely different story. Told you. We, we shall get into that. Right, before we do that, mm. I'll just finish my biscuit off. Before we get into Uncle, can I just say that this isn't a belated April Fool's joke? It sounds like it's not a real game. Have a look on MAME, it is a real game, and it's really mm. cool. If anyone's got the PCB of this game, get in contact with us. I'd love to know a bit more about it. Yes. What I've it never is, seen one. Mm, it's a left-to-right scrolling maze game by a company called Diatech in 1983. I can't find anything else about Diatech. Around that time, there's a Japanese company and an Italian company. Arcade History says it's an Italian-made game. But with a humour, it seems more Japanese to me. Yeah, I'm not sure. And both of those companies existed in 1983, but... I can't find anything any, anywhere. Anyway, it's an eight-way stick and two buttons. Poop and dash. But, button one, poop. Button two, dash. The game runs on a basic Z80 AY8910 hardware at 240 by 256 pixels resolution. Do you know what? what? I reviewed this game with Aaron Hickman on Retro Obscura. Yes. Uh, number 34 quite a while ago because um, we were going to do a little cross cross podcast and Alex couldn't make it because he had some um, and one of the guys had a massive blackout where he was mm-hmm. living um, he had no electricity and the other guy had to work so it's just me and Aaron doing Retro Obscura and mm. I did um, Uncle Pooh then because it's properly a Retro Obscure game it really is and I got about 40,000 points on it and I didn't know about the dash button I didn't even know the game had one I just forgot to didn't even press button 2 and yeah. I was just doing poop <laughs> no skating at all <laughs> do you know there's an official story for this uh, no I didn't know well now you do go I'll on then out. 
Old Uncle Pooh was named Uncle Pooh because of the exclusive diet of barbecue baked beans he ate while down in the diamond mines with his pet cat and mole. Yeehaw! Uncle P used to have extensive flatulence which turned his animal compadres against him. So now you must guide Uncle around the maze like mines of Fartsville, California, searching for diamonds and bags of loot left behind by careless bankers. Fight off the rabbit expats and their evil boss, Snake Hat, with your awesome parpa type. Use your magic roller skates for boosted power and tight spots, but make sure you don't use all your parp skate power doing so. Money bags also contain bum tooth power. Get bonus points by collecting all the bags of diamonds and bust all them animals by Windy Pops on the bonus levels. <laughs> Power to Uncle Pooh's torn underpants. That's a very good story. Do you want my story? Go on. Well, I think it is, right? Yeah. I think he's fell down the toilet. Hey. And all the water from the toilet, because the water rushes in from the left to right of the level. Oh, yeah. So you're in the, you're in the, you're in the sewers, I reckon, because it looks kind of sewery, doesn't it? You might have a point there. I think that's what it is. But I found the official story that I made up. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah. Perhaps, right. that's the, perhaps that's the American version of the story, yeah. Sir, would you like to tell us how the game is played? Yes, I would. I should read this off of the interwebs thingy well said. It's uh, you play Uncle Pooh, a Santa Claus reject kind of guy who has to collect three diamonds in a maze which is flooding with water from the left. Keep ahead of the water. Mm -hmm. Shoot poop out of your bum hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not sure if they're little farty pops or poops. Yeah, yes. But some, at, at something the, comes at your back end. Put it that way. It's got to be poop, isn't it? Maybe. Yes, you have to release the chocolate hostages. Yes. <laughs> oh, there's going to be lots of toilet humour, but you've got to do it, haven't you? Yeah. Well, mm. we'll keep it <clears throat> clean. -ish. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yes. And the bad guys are a mole, a snake in a hat, and... A bear cat dog thing. I think it's a cat. Do you think it's a cat? Mm. But what? A, a snake in a hat? Mm. Mm. The whole game's bonkers, isn't it? It is a bit. And these spawn from recesses in the walls. You can see where they come out. Yeah. Each poop <coughs> takes one unit of power. And you start with 30 on each level. You get five power points back by collecting the money bags that are scattered everywhere. And these money bags also make any blocks in the visible area of the maze disappear. Yeah, you get little blocks that get in your way. And you can yep. poop them out of the way with your poop. Yeah. And you only need to remove one block to get your little man through. Even though your man's higher than the block. As long as you've got one yep. out of the way, you can move through them. Mm -hmm. And there's also a dash button which turns your feet green. Apparently they're roller skates. And it enables you to run fast, but the power goes down really quick. Yeah. And you run out of power and you can't run or shoot. No. You're properly in the in the. Oh, ah, ah, ah. So sections of the maze repeat until you have collected all three diamonds, and each re each repeat of the maze has more blocks to buy your way. Every third level is a challenging level in which Uncle Pooh is static in the middle of the black screen, and he has to shoot waves of bad guys for bonus points. That's all there is to it. But to score big, you must learn some tactics. Indeed, it's a simple game, but challenging. Mm. And what I love about this is I've had to learn all this myself. There's no cheating. You can't find anything on no. the internet. It's it's one of those games which I think is good because if you were to find this in the arcade back in 1982, you walk up to it and you'd have a quick look at it and just watch the, the track mode. You'd know how to play it, like you mm. would Pac-Man, Space Invaders, Defender, whatever. And 
it's a great little game, and it's it's easy to start off with and do a level or two, but it's hard to master, and it's also yeah. hard to get all these. You can really leech points out of this game, as you yeah. found as well. Oh yeah. But yeah, I really like the game. It's it's your old the graphics on it, the title screen. It looks like it's been done in Microsoft Paint. It's really mm. scabby the title screen. You got this little old yeah. guy in the middle with his big long beard, and you got a picture of him in the left hand corner that's just pasted up there with him bending over with a sort of like squinted, squinted-eyed face on him where he's like yeah. squeezing something out. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure if it, you said earlier it was it may be an Italian, maybe a Japanese game because the the language in it there's not much to read, but it is a bit odd how they've done it. Yeah. Uh, let's Uncle Poo. Yeah. How do you Uncle Poo something? Mm. Challenging you, when, when stays, you, and yeah. And when you win something, it's congratulation. Yeah, and perfection bonus. Yes. Yeah. So maybe. it's a bit odd, the um, the translations, I think. So it's a brilliant game, I think. I thought you H- might like it. Hidden depths to it. Mm. Right, so these are all the secrets, okay. You have to use your poop and dash sparingly. You never know when you're going to need to let one go. <laughs> Collect all the money bags on each level, and that gives you a 10,000 perfection bonuses. So what you should do is collect all the money bags, leave a diamond. Yeah. So don't collect all three diamonds because the level will finish. Yeah, you won't get the 10,000 points perfection yeah. bonus. Let the diamond scroll past, collect all the money bags, and collect the diamond on the second run through. Okay. Or, if you're really good, you can get it on the third run-through and leech points. Ah. But you've got to keep ahead of the water. And you, sir, did a really good job of a YouTube video, and Mm. you uploaded one to our channel with you completing the first four levels with perfection. Mm, yes. I watched that. Well done. Thank you. Well done, sir. You can't do much after that. I think I've done level five with perfection, but none after that. Oh, really? It gets too quick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Strategically collect money bags. Use them to clear the most blocks possible and leave one near a diamond you can't, you can't collect, so it's easy to get a second time through. Yeah, because they stay, they stay sort of close to the diamonds, don't they? They don't move yeah. positions, yeah. You can squeeze through spaces one block high in the maze so you don't have to shoot all the blocks using up your power. Yeah. Uh, learn the bonus rounds. They're the same every time. You get a 10,000 bonus, but if you kill all the guys as well... You get yeah. 18,000. So really, to get perfection, it gives you 18,000. Yeah. I can't do the second one, the level, the round six challenging round. I think it's impossible. I Just didn't get to it. Didn't get to round six? No, that shows oh, how rubbish I was. No. Yeah, learn the levels. They're, they're all, they're sort of, I would say there is about three real levels and then the rest of them are like copy and pasted bits yeah. from the first three levels. You it's know quite what I mean? simple how they've done it, yeah. Yeah, so you, so you know what, what piece of level is coming next, really. Enemies get faster and al- always home in on you if you pass nearby. So have a poop at hand. Have a poop at hand. Get ready to drop a sewer pickle. Because <laughs> one poop in hand is worth two in a bush. Pressing the dash button and not moving still uses your power. And this happens, you, you get stuck on corners. You're stuck trying to run around. Stuck on corners, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hate stuck on corners. Only three bad guys can be on screen at any one time. The cat, the snake in a hat, and the mole. Let live in a hole. So if you leave them on screen, 
and you're running past a, a point where they spawn, you know you're safe. Because yeah, they're not they going to come, come out, out only three at a time, yeah. They come out of them really quick on later levels. A, a useful tip I've, I found, when you're rushing to complete a level, you can actually collect a diamond when it's almost completely covered in the water. Oh, but make sure that's your last one so you don't get killed yeah. by the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it looks like you died, but you've cleared the level and you don't oh, lose a life. Oh, nice. So there's lots, lots of things to it, the dash... The, the firing backwards because yeah it gets a bit, it takes a bit of getting used to doesn't it firing backwards yeah yeah and sort of leaving the blocks leaving the money bags in the maze so you can strategically move the blocks out of the way yeah I think I think it, there's a lot to it really I don't know whether that's by design or by accident how they've done it but I, I like it I don't know it's a it's an odd little game isn't it but a great mm. little gem I, I really like it yeah so. Opinions on graphics, then. I think it, it's quite a basic-looking thing, isn't it? Because it's an old game. Mm. And the sprites are really simple. You know, the cat looks a bit weird. The snake with a hat on, I still can't get over the snake in a hat. Yeah, no, and your uncle, that. I quite like the way he moves, because when he moves, his beard wobbles when he walks around. He's got a red nose. Well, he it's not, actually not red, is it? It's like sort of dark brown. He's got a red nose. Has he been on the pop? We, we won't get into that. Mm. Uh, but it's not ugly. It's quite a colourful little game, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is colourful, and the, and the levels change. Yeah. It does some fun little colour cycling when you get the bonuses as well, mm. which is an old trick. The tunes, I really like some of the tunes, and this is the one we're going to play the tune now that you get in the bonus level. And the actual theme tune as well, I think, is quite good. We'll play the theme tune as well. Yeah, very basic, very bleepy. But I like <laughs> yeah. them. I thought they were yeah. quite fun. And yeah. uh, Mr. Monkey Chunk agrees with me. Um, the title screen looks like it's been made in Microsoft Paint. Yes. Well, this was before Microsoft Paint, even. <laughs> so, yeah, it probably was. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Well, the next uh, sort of portion to our little review is no need at all. The cabinet are alternative titles or differences in different territory cabs. Who knows? Nothing. Can Absolutely find nothing. nothing. Yeah. Uh, actually, it wasn't arcade history. It was Internet Movie Database that I found. Diatech. IMDb is famous, yeah. Yeah, it was an Italian company. Yeah. But what yeah. did they do apart from this? It's the only game they ever made, wasn't it? There's nothing I can find. Nothing at all. Wow. Mm. As I said before, I'll just um, go over this again anyone has the original PCB or have ever seen a real cabinet got a picture of it, we'd love to see this or learn a bit more about it. Yeah. So please get in contact if you know anything about good old Uncle Pooh. I would, I would guess that maybe it got to like a prototype stage or something or what do you think? Well, someone's it, dumped it for MAME, so it must yeah. be out there somewhere. And I have actually seen a picture of the PCB as well. Have you? But this game wasn't even on Clov. No. So which is uh, normally got everything. It's not yeah. always that accurate with some of the things, but it's got a lot of games on there, a lot of, lot of games. Mm. But yeah, no one's really heard of it. So no spin-offs or anything like that? Nothing? Nothing we can find whatsoever. Well, the scoring, the scores on the little the bad animals you kill, Uncle Pooh's old pets, they don't like because he's smelly. Yeah. You got a few hundred points for those, but the, the, the score increases up to a thousand points for them? Yeah, what you do... If you collect all the money bags 
or almost all the money bags, the score goes up to a thousand points per per bad guy killed. Yeah. So they get very fast, don't they? Yeah, you've got to hover around the entrances at certain points and just keep shooting them. So what I found was I could on the on the early levels I could go I could go through almost three times. Yeah getting the thousand points and then getting the diamond. So by the time I was getting to like level three, I'd had over a hundred thousand points already. Oh my Lord. And then I found <laughs> I got 270,000, right? Playing that way. Yeah. And then I found if you just played level one, mm. as long as you were good enough, cause you get an extra life every 30,000. Ah, oh, I just stone level one. And as long as you're good enough to keep shooting the, 30 well not 30 but enough of the little bad guys you can almost get thirty thousand a life so i stayed on level one for as long as i could and eventually i got down to no lives and then i moved on because you get 30 power points every level every time you start a level don't you yeah and you can gain more by getting the the bags of money so um, i suppose yeah. by the time you've got yeah because you could play that indefinitely because if you get a thousand points for each monster and you've got 30 poo points power points you can hit 30 of them you get an extra life then just die kill yourself or yeah, just get you, a bag of money for another five yeah you've got to shoot the blocks out of the way because there's no money bags left at that point because ah. you, you have to get all the money bags for the guys to be worth a thousand points or they're just worth two and three hundred yeah so i was working away through the maze shooting as many as i could and then the water was killing me and so i was getting say twenty five thousand, twenty four, twenty eight, 28 and you start with two lives so it's just enough to keep me going yeah so by the time I got to zero lives, I thought, right, I'll move on. And that's how I got my high score. Ah, you're a leech, sir. Oh, yes. One of those old purple things that used to cure everything within the 1700s. <laughs> so one question I have for you. The money bags, do they've got an animation on them. They sort of change colour and they move a little bit. Does, yeah. that, does that hold any bearing on how much they're worth? Because they're worth different prize points sometimes, aren't they? They go up, the money bags. Um, n- I do not that I noticed. And that the diamonds are worth up to 3,000 points each? I think, yeah, just first, second, and the third one's 3,000. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. Something like that. So, yeah. I looked on Classic Arcade Gaming Forum, and they were playing that on there a little while ago, because I think they found yeah. this odd game, and they were sort of like us, they sort of thought they'd play it, and they got right into it as well. There's yeah. a guy in there called Zurst, got 388,920 points, level 19. <laughs> I don't like the he's way a, you're doing that. He's a mere amateur. But they actually had an Uncle Pooh week where they were all playing it for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I did actually get to level 19. That's the highest I got to. Oh, my God. I wonder how many levels there is to the game. It's just endless, probably, isn't it? Wow. Right, then. I'll do the scores this time because I know you've won, you swine. <laughs> Andrew Anderson, 20,920. Lezalet, 39,180. He's too busy playing... Uh... Ice cold beer. And Tin... Ooh, 51,570. What a terrible game. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. The collision detection, the low effort mazes, cheap enemy spawn, even the choddy way the insert coin message comes up. I mean, let's Uncle Pooh isn't even centred. How easy is that? <laughs> the eye score flashes in such a crappy way that it's, that it's brick to even take a photo of it. It's annoying even when, you, when you're doing it, it has nothing to do with the game. This is as far as I can bear. And Chucky Egg agrees. 1983, that's a poor effort for the year. They don't know what they're talking about. No, wrong. Uncle Pooh is a hit. Wrong, wrong, wrong. wrong. <laughs> Retro Schmupper, 65,120. Steve Monkey Junk, 69,730. 
89,950. Then you have myself, 93,550. I couldn't quite get the 100,000. I think if I tried, I'd get there. Mm. And then you get onto some of the serious scores now. Cine Steve, 139,990. Ian Cullen, who's Mappy24, 148,290. Mad Stee, crazy Mad Stee, 164,660. And top of the castle, Mr. Sean Holly, 428,610 points. In your face! I don't want anything you're firing at your back end in my face. Thank you very much. Unloading a batch of cigars. That's another one. So, have you looked onto Galaxies for a world record? There isn't anything. There's nothing. You need to get a video camera, mate, and get video camera yourself doing those. Because mm. you'll yeah, get the world mate. record. That'd be cool. Yeah, maim it. Yeah. Well done, sir. Mm. So, Thank our, you. our overall thoughts. Uh, yes. Awesome. Great little, funny little silly game. I think so. I've written here... A fantastic game, which is a little rough around the edges, but with some great design features that make it different enough to be interesting. Yeah. Whether by whether they've done that on purpose or it's just an accident, mm. but you you can really get into it. I think I can't help thinking that if this game had a different theme and had some serious marketing power behind it, then it would have been huge. If this game, we talked about this very early on when we started playing it, and you mentioned that if this game had been made by Namco or Taito, or Konami, or Atari, or Midway, or whoever. Yeah. And it was done with maybe an animal, rather or than a ro- little man. Robots or, or something. Or a robot firing something at the back end, but not poop. It yeah. would have been a big hit, I think. It would have been as big as, you know, Dig Dug, or any of those kind of games for that sort of era, I think. Cause it's, yeah. Maybe the graphics clean up a little bit, maybe. Maybe centred a few things, got the English a bit better. Yeah. But yeah, I think it would have been a bit, bit, bit of a bigger game. Absolutely yeah. love this one. Really cool. I've played it for hours. I've played it so much, as you can probably tell from the score. I didn't play it that often because I didn't have a lot, of, a lot of time, really, but I do like it, and I'm going to continue playing it. How cool would it be to be able to do your own graphics for a little Uncle Pooh arcade machine? Yeah. <laughs> you could yeah. really go to town on it, couldn't you? Some really mm. silly things on it. Anyway, talking about artwork, let's get that one out of the way. Let's do the art of side art. <laughs> I've I've chosen this one, and I've chosen a whole company. You've done well, sir. Which is, which is a big thing. You're using up all our machines, by the way, doing that. Oh, right, yeah. But good Universal one. machines. I've picked two here from like the, the first early Universal machines. I've picked Cosmic Avenger and Space Panic. Yep. Cosmic Avenger has the standard Universal front and side art. It's just a stripey orange and red stripes, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the control panel, the bezel, the marquee, and then they have that sort of that back panel, don't they? Universal cabs. Yeah, these old Universal cabs. The um, the screen is sort of held quite low. You sort of look down up on it. Yeah. And it's got a really nice bezel around it, really colourful with all the graphics from the game and stuff. And in the back of the arcade cabinet, as you're looking straight ahead at it, has got like a sort of um, a backdrop in it. It's really colourful, sort of. sort of alien world sort of thing, did you say? Cosmic Avenger, yeah. yeah. And the Cosmic Avenger font is absolutely awesome, in purple and orange with cosmic and yellow. And I've always liked the Universal, it's sort of like I've got a Western font, the Universal logo. Yeah, yeah. Really, really like it. And the, the, the cab's got little instructions on the right as well, and it's got the two little buttons on the left-hand side for one and two player and your two buttons. Game, absolutely terrible. 
Scramble clone, is it? It's Something a like really that? bad Scramble clone, yeah. yeah. It's nowhere near as good as proper Scramble. And you've got Space Panic next to it. This has got full side art, this one. Yes. And and full front art as well. You've got mm. these like crab thing, these sort of ant things that sort of chase you around at the front and the sides that look like an alien thing. Yeah. Space Panic and a real sort of scrawly, sort of graffiti type writing. And it's got a backdrop of a huge, big, bulky blue alien with big yellow eyes. And it's that actual picture's got a wonky monitor in it by the looks of it. It looks like the monitor's about to fall out. But it's full, <laughs> full artwork around the um around the side of the cab and it's a real sort of curvy cab as well. The sort of the the T model sort of follows a real sort of rounded curve around the sides. Yeah. Really like it. And the side art is blue, purple and white, which is a really nice combination. And we will put both these pictures on the show notes to everyone to look at. Yeah, if I was a collector and I didn't mind about the games, I was just doing it for the love of the cabs. Yeah. I would collect Universal cabs. Absolutely. Our Definitely. friend Ol, Alpha One, does collect uh, Universal cabinets. Yeah. There's quite a few of them. Mm. But some are also, the other ones in, in the collection is Cosmic Alien, which is the wall mount I've got, which is a cool little cabinet. Yeah. That's got full side art as well. It's a really nice cabinet. That's lovely, yeah. Cosmic Gorilla, same sort of thing. It's got some really horrible looking aliens on the side of it. Yeah. And Zero Hour, another one of theirs from the early days. They're all excellent side art. Mm. To see all these in a row together and you could see the side art, that'd be brilliant. They've got that sort of thing in Fun Spot in America. Yeah, they they're, have. They're a, quite close together, so you can't really see the side work art very well, which is unfortunate. They have everything by by company, don't they? Sections by company. They there. do hold them in, in sections. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. You see that. You see a great row of Nintendo machines or a great row of Atari machines. It's lovely. Brilliant. So, on to your little section of history releases from this month in history. Going way back, bow chicka wow wow. 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 October 2005. Right. Radurgi. Radurgi. That's it. It is a Japanese game. That's probably how they From Milestone. Mm-hmm. A Japanese bullet hell with unusual cell, cell shaded graphics runs on Sega Naomi GD ROM system hardware. It also runs on Netboot. If you've got one like I have, a cheaty Netboot you can lo- load mm-hmm. off of a little. Little computer. Mm, looks smart little it. game. Really nice graphics. Lovely Japanese graphics in it. Twenty years ago, October nineteen ninety-five, Jackie Chan in Fists of Fire. Fists of Fire. Chen Long Densetsu. Never heard of it. From Kaneko. It is a cheesy Mortal Kombat type of game. Ooh, ooh they've tried to put in Jackie Chan humour. It looks terrible, to be honest. And it was also released the same month as Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. It's never going to win against that, is it? So it's got no chance, but it's no. quite quite a curio if you can find it and look at it. It's in Maine. 30 years ago, October 1985, two Stone Cold Classics. Gauntlet oh. from Atari Games. They were called Atari Games at that point, weren't they? Yeah. And Space Harrier oh, from the classic. Sega. Yeah. I really like Space Harrier. Love, I do. Love going in the moving cab, even like the one you just sit on. I'm totally rubbish at the game. I'm absolutely I, awful at it, but I do like it. I've got into it in the last year or so. I, I really like that. Mm. 40 years ago, you'll like this one, Vic. October oh, 75, this is one that you own. Mm-hmm. Jet Fighter by Atari. The fighter of all jets. Yes. I have one not working in my carriage. I will, rep- I will fix that quite shortly. In your carriage? In my carriage. In my garage. <laughs> Fetch the horses. 
Yeah, October 1965. Oh my lord, that is going far back. 50 years ago. Whoa. That was minus four. Oh, wow. Flip, a flipper pool, a pinball by Gottlieb. Okay. So it's a pool-themed pool pinball table. You like them, don't you? I do, yeah. Wow, 50 years old. Goodness. Seems a very nice-looking play field. I'm just looking at it now. Ooh. I like them bells that you can hear. Are they called bells? Like the round things. They're like mushrooms. Bumpers. Bumpers, that's the word. I think it's... No. I, I don't know a lot about pinball, chum. So that's the history done. Mm, that's it. Right. One thing we've got to do now... Well, two things we've got to do now. And the first one is next show's game and who picked it. Yes, this is Tutankham from Mappy24, Ian Cullen, because he did so well on Snow Brothers. So we're going to do Tutankham. Play along with us. Uh, I think the dip switches we put on the website, we put on our, our show notes. Uh, off mind, it's three lives, bonus life at 30,000, medium level, and one smart bomb per level. Per life, really? I think. One smart bomb per life, yeah. It's all on the website. Have a look on there, people. Okay. That is a good little game, but it's quite difficult, I think. I'm mm. not, not very good. I'll have to put a bit more practice into that one. I had a couple of goes at Play Expo because it was there in a cab. Yeah. But I've only played it for like five minutes. So the cab is sure. slightly different from, from what you might play on main because you've got a joystick on the left, up, down, left, right. Yeah. And you've got a joystick on the right, which only goes left and right. Mm. But you can play with just two buttons, left and right, because you shoot left and right, but you can't shoot up and down. Mm, and you've also yeah. got an, a third button, which is your sort of uh, smart bomb. The actual cab is, is a four-way stick. The right stick is four-way for some bizarre reason. Is it? Yeah. You can't shoot up, though, can you? No. Okay. No. Weird. So, that's about it. Before we go, if you want to talk to us or play a game with us or give us some grief about what we do, yeah. uh, catch us at the opening of Arcade Club in Bury or Burry. Burry. On 31st of October. Ooh. Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Uh, our cameraman. Mr. Anthony Graham. Will be there. And he'll be filming us for our YouTube videos. Arcade Club will also be on Inside Out on BBC One after the news on October the 26th. So tune in, viewers, listeners, people. Yes. And on that note, from me, thanks for listening. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Thank you for listening and goodbye. And before we go, tell you again, we are proud members of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>